It's great to be back with you uh, this morning. Last week, uh, last Sunday, I was down the street here with the Baptists, and uh, I always enjoy that pulpit exchange. It's a good thing that we do here in the community, but it's always, I'm always excited to be back here with all of you the, the following Sunday. What a great morning this has been. It's been a blessing to see so many different ages of children and people up here this morning. God is good. Uh, let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the fifth chapter of Matthew. These are where the Beatitudes of Jesus are shared. And while you are finding that, I have two really quick, short, funny things that uh, ran across this week that I'm going to share with you. First one's about this hunting party that was, uh, they were hopelessly lost up in the north part of Maine. And one of the hunters was so upset with their confused leader that he said, What's going on here? He said, I thought you were the best hunting guide in Maine. The guide said, well, I am, but I think we're in Canada now. <laughs> this next one is pretty good. Uh, I like this one. The nurse, this nurse uh, came to the doctor on a very busy day at the office and said, Doc, I know this is crazy, but there is a man out there in the waiting room who thinks he's invisible. The doctor thought for a moment and said, well, tell him I can't see him today. <laughs> All right. Okay. <clears throat> Matthew, some of you have probably been to the doctor's office and felt like that, uh, <laughs> like you were invisible. All right. Matthew 5. This is the very beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And the word beatitude is, actually comes from a Latin word in which Matthew translated into Greek as makarios, a Greek word. And that is traditionally today translated into English as the word blessed, which we hear often in these verses. Some of the modern English translations of today have used the word happy instead of blessed. But I think that modern usage or the way that we use the word happy today uh, probably is not the best example of what Jesus is teaching here because, you know, he's not talking about something that is like a, a temporary state of emotion. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven here and what it should look like in those who are his followers. So let's read verses 1 through 12 of chapter 5. It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. <clears throat> I tried to do a little research this week to see how many how-to books 
have ever been written. And you know how research is these days. Basically, you type what you want to find out into the uh, Google search bar, and you, uh, you find what you're looking for. You can find a lot of things, but what I realized is you really can't find how many how-to books uh, have been written, because I tried to say it a bunch of different ways, and no matter how I said it, I couldn't get a good concrete answer to come forth. So I decided I'm going to go on to Amazon, and I'm just going to type that into the Amazon search bar. Well, Amazon said that there were over 100,000 titles with that beginning to them. So I looked at just a couple pages, there were pages and pages of them, of course. Um, I looked at a couple of them. There was a How to Fix Anything by Popular Mechanics. There was How to Talk to Anyone About Anything, in case you're wanting to know how to do that. And then there were, a couple, there were some very interesting ones as well. There was one that said, How to Catch a Reindeer. And how about this one? How to tell if your cat is plotting to kill you. <laughs> Some of you are going to go on Amazon and order that book, aren't you? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I saw it with my own two eyes. It was there. Um, but anyway, there were quite a few, uh, even with the title of the message today, How to Be Blessed. However, none of them were written by Jesus. That's because it's already been written here in the fifth chapter of Matthew. And that's really what the Beatitudes are for. They are to tell us how we can live a blessed life here in this world while we pray, uh, prepare for eternity. This is what Jesus intended to do with these statements. He's trying to get us to think about the kingdom of heaven... And think about those things instead of the kingdom of this world. And one example of that would be to think uh, about how we use that word blessed uh, these days. Or how it's used in our world today. Most often when we say blessed, we would mean that, well, we are well off financially. We are provided for financially or have everything we need. It might mean that you're blessed because you're happy and you're, you're content, you love your job, you love your family, and so on. But most of those things, you see, are focused on ourselves. If those things aren't really that great, are we, are we still going to consider ourselves blessed? Well, what we see in these Beatitudes of, of Jesus is how to be blessed even when everything may not be just as we had hoped for or hoped that it would be. How can we be blessed and feel blessed while living in a world that is imperfect, difficult, and just hard sometimes? Remember, Jesus is talking here about the kingdom of heaven and how we can live with those values, those ideals, and that outlook on life instead of the one that the world often presents to us. 
I think perhaps the hardest thing that we deal with in our lives is that constant, that constant pull of being in the world, but trying not to be of the world. And it's hard because, you know, we constantly feel like there's a rope tied around our waist that keeps pulling us back into those worldly things or maybe worldly ways of thinking. Sometimes it's the secularism of our society that pulls at us. Sometimes it's the materialism of the world that grabs us. And then sometimes it's just that, that tension that we feel with how to balance contemporary culture with our Christian calling as followers of Jesus. Have you ever struggled with those things? I think we all have, you know, at times. But if we take a passage like this in the, the Beatitudes, I think it's a bit easier for us to understand why these flip-flop tendencies always are, are pulling at us. <clears throat> It's maybe, so, it's maybe not so much of a, a changing of our minds as it is just a struggle to keep our hearts and our minds on the kingdom of God instead of the kingdom of this world. In many ways, they are opposite of each other. We know that. We can see that. And that, so that's what Jesus is addressing here in these 12 verses Dr. Richard C. Halverson paints a wonderful picture of how opposite they are. And this is what he says. It's on the screen if you want to follow along. He says, God says, blessed are the poor in spirit, but the world says, blessed are the achievers. He goes on to give examples of the others. God says, blessed are those who mourn, but the world says, blessed are the self-fulfilled. Jesus says, blessed are the meek. But the world says, blessed are the powerful. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. But the world says, blessed are the unrestrained. He goes on. Jesus says, blessed are the merciful. The world says, blessed are the manipulators. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart. The world says, blessed are the uninhibited. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. The world says, blessed are the strong. So you see the pool there that he's presenting. Let's just work through each one of these this morning. I'm not going to take real long on each one. But let's just think about what Jesus is calling us to. First, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who are the poor that is mentioned here? In the way Jesus uses it here, it could probably mean somebody who is poor in a financial or uh, economic situation. But it also could be somebody who is poor spiritually or maybe uh, emotionally oppressed or delusioned with life and just in need of God's help. And that's going to be a common theme through all of these here. Looking for God's help and finding his blessing instead of trying to be self-sufficient on our own or, or self-focused and confident of our own ability to do life without God. Unfortunately, I think, you know, this is one of the biggest problems in our world today. 
people are looking to be blessed, but they don't want to rely on God and they don't want to really trust in Jesus. They just want to do it themselves. The kingdom of heaven is for those who want Jesus to be involved. Those who, you know, will rely on God to see them through the storms that this world brings at us. Jesus then says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. You know, anytime you lose something of value, you mourn the loss of that person or that thing. It can be a loved one. It can be um, something financial or material. It can, you know, even be your status, your, your legacy, or your standing before God. Mourning is a normal part of life. And if you live long enough, you will find uh, many things that will bring you sorrow and disappointment. And people, you know, mourn in different ways. Um, some try to suppress it, maybe and mask it with alcohol or, or drugs. Or some try to act like it's just not there, kind of an ignoring it type of thing. But none of those, you know, none of those can really cure it. When, when we mourn in the presence of Jesus and we ask God to help us and to restore us and bring a new day, that's when we find the comfort that only God can provide for us. And there, you know, there are so many in our world today that need to find the comfort of God in their sadness and in their mourning. That comfort is found in a relationship with Jesus Christ and a, a heart that is going to seek after God for help and turn to God and surrender uh, our life to the Lord. Next is, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Now, this doesn't mean that we, we can't be strong and, and confident. It means that we draw on our faith to find our strength. And confidence. And then we allow the, the gentle spirit of Jesus to lead us in our life. I mean, we all know, you know, how obnoxious and, and overbearing people can be sometimes when they are domineering and uh, aggressive and harsh. We can witness many examples of, of people in our world and even people in our own lives that attempt to, to dominate and establish their own little kingdom. But we know from looking at the life of Jesus that he goes about things in a different way. Jesus was strong and mighty in his, uh, in his life and in his ministry, yet he often, most often, came across in a gentle, meek way to most I mean, yes, there's those instances where uh, he had a displeasure with things that were going on, like when he overturned the merchant's tables in the, the temple. But for the most part, Jesus was seen as, as both strong and kind. We sing a song about that, don't we? With his help, we too can be both strong and 
and kind in our relationships and our interactions with people. Those are the kind uh, and the meek who will inherit the earth, Jesus says. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. When I hear this verse, I think of that song we also sing, Fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up. I mean, righteousness here is a call for justice for those who are experiencing injustice. But it's also a call for us to live a life that is above the entanglements of sin and disobedience. Jesus is calling, you see, for a desire within us to do good, to, to work for good, and seek after the goodness that God can bring into our lives. And so, you know, if you feel empty, there is a way to be filled up and blessed. But it's not found in our wealth, in materialism, or in successes of this world. It's found in the divine satisfaction that you can receive when you seek after God's kingdom and a life that Jesus is presenting to us here. And if you read on through the Sermon on the Mount, he gives us more uh, beyond these, these beatitudes. I love what David said in Psalm 15 that Austin read for us earlier. He lists the things, you know, in life that, that we should hunger and thirst after, things that we should be doing for others. And then in the very last verse, he says, whoever does these things will never be shaken. Jesus says here in this verse that they will be filled. The fifth beatitude is blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. I could preach an entire sermon on all of these Beatitudes, but this one I could talk about probably for two or three weeks. Um, I'll try to summarize it just by using the words of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. You know, Jesus died on the cross as a one-time sacrifice for our sins. He's promised that when we come to him with repentant hearts, we can be forgiven of any sin in our lives. Any sin from your past can be covered. Any sin that happened yesterday, it can be covered. If you will come to Jesus and you will ask for his mercy and his grace. In Colossians 3.13, it summarizes this in the same order. It says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And so, you know, when you show mercy and grace to someone else, you are showing them what Jesus has done for you. Of course, you know, showing mercy doesn't earn us a ticket into heaven or entrance into heaven. That's not how that works, but it's a heart attitude that, that really can lead someone to Christ and his forgiveness for them as well, if we will do that. Next, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
You know, in Scripture, the heart is really where the human life exists from. Not only is your heart the most important part of your life physically, but it is the most important part of your life spiritually as well. Jesus, as Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, he said, What you say flows from what is in your heart. In another uh, verse, it says, What you do and how you act comes from what is in your heart. So, you know, a hard heart is going to produce anger. A bitter heart is going to produce revenge. A conceited heart is going to produce selfishness. And on and on. But a pure heart will produce the fruit and the good things that God wants to see in your life. What Jesus is saying here is that a pure heart produces external purity. It's not the other way around. The the purity on the outside comes from the purity of our heart on the inside. We are not saved, of course, again, by our pure heart. But we have a pure heart because we have been saved by God and we have a desire to live for Jesus. Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else. Above all else, above everything, that means guard your heart because everything you do flows from it. Seventh beatitude is one that Anabaptists and Mennonites have tried to practice for the past 500 years since the Great Reformation. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, peace can be thought about in, in two, two ways here. First, there's the peace between you and, and God. And then the peace between you and other people. The peace you find between you and God is first and foremost the most important peace that you can find in this life. No matter what else happens to you, the peace you find in Jesus is what can get you through some of the most difficult days, months, years, whatever of your life that you will face. It's a peace, as the Bible says, that passes all of our human understanding. But what we do understand is life can be difficult and sometimes tragic without God's peace in our life. And so... Receive his peace and then go out and be a maker of peace in our world. You know, we're called to be peacemakers in our close relationships. We're called to be uh, peacemakers in a world that is bent on war and violence and domination. You know, while we are called by Jesus to be uh, peacemakers and work at making peace, we also need to be praying. For peace in all the areas where peace is needed, whether that be on the world stage, whether that be in our country, in our community, in our relationships, and even in our families. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And the final beatitude or the teaching on how to be blessed is one that that Jesus proclaimed 
on behalf of those who desire to live out these virtues and these values in a world that is so opposite of them. As I've already said, you know, these are not entrance requirements into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is not saying here that that we need to seek out persecution in order to, to be blessed. But he is saying that because we live in this way in the world, that we may experience persecution because of this desire to follow God. And so he elaborates on this one just a little bit more than the others. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, you know, in some countries like Nigeria and Africa, Christians are right now, these days, being killed because they are followers of Jesus. We don't face, of course, that, that serious of persecution here right now. But if you are a Christian in the United States today, you very well could be insulted, demeaned, labeled as hateful, and have all kinds of false things said about you. That's persecution. And, you know, there are some in our country who would prefer that we don't even mention the name of Jesus anymore or have any more displays out in public of our Christian faith that are visible, no matter where they are. And, you know, most likely that is a trend, uh, or that trend is why we see the struggles and the challenges in our nation of late with so much division and hatred and all that stuff. Because when we turn from God and we turn from the ways of Jesus, we turn from the blessings that he offers to us. I mean, that's true for a country, but it's also true in our lives as well. I mean, that is a story from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation in our Bibles. That is the obvious story. And Jesus makes it very clear here at the beginning of this Sermon on the Mount how that we can be blessed in this life and then how we can extend that blessing to others. You know, in the midweek post that we put on Facebook for the church each week, we always end that by saying, be blessed and be a blessing this week. And I hope that is our our weekly endeavor to be blessed by Jesus by living out these beatitudes and then to, to bless others with the fruit that they will bring forth in our lives. Amen. May it be so let us go out and, and make it so as God's people. Let's stand together and let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let's ask Jesus to help us. Not only be blessed in life, but to be a blessing in this coming week. Our Father in heaven, may your name be praised. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to live lives that are fruitful in this world. 
that are kingdom-oriented through the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. We pray, Lord, that these words of Jesus this morning could be an encouragement for us to live lives that are focused on Him, to live lives that turn to God in our greatest hour of need and to praise God in our greatest hour of joy. And Lord, I pray God's blessing on each one here this morning. I pray that each of us would see and understand what God expects from us uh, as far as being a blessing in this world. And I pray that we would go out from this time of worship this morning and that we would seek out ways to be your blessing and bless other people in this world that, that you put in our path and in our way this week. Lord, help us to share the stories the, of struggle and redemption that you have caused in our life and brought forth in our life. Help us to share the love of Jesus and the grace of Jesus. Help us to be peacemakers and to restore relationships that need to be restored. Pray your blessing on each of us as we go forth from here today. Bless the children that were dedicated this morning and their parents and their families, Lord. And uh, just be with us, each one, as we leave here today. It is in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we pray all of these things. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. <clears throat>